1: Join us today as we discuss Stevenage's away trip to Cambridge as well as this weekend's debacle in Reading before previewing next weekend's visit to Portsmouth. Welcome to Borough Park. Joining me, Pat Jackson, tonight, we have podcasting veteran Greg Kett. Thanks for coming back on, Greg. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate.
2: Can't complain. It's good that you've got me on for for a podcast where we'll end it as negatively as possible. (laughs) Normally normally the podcast I do end up being me being negative,
1: but I'll try and keep it as positive as I can. I'm hoping we'll at least manage a compliment sandwich today, but we'll find out. Um, (laughs) Joining Greg and myself coming back on is... uh, Analyst of the show, Ben Adshead. Welcome back, Ben. Thanks, Pat. Thanks for having me back, mate. Looking forward to it. Really glad to have you on. Okay, so it's been a busy time since our last pod. A couple of games, a couple of signings. Let's start with the signings. We uh, got in young midfielder Harrison Neal on loan from Sheffield United for the rest of the season. He's had previous loans at Kettering and Southend and played 45 games for Barrow last season. Um, So some good League Two experience under his belt. His first League One experience. um, We got to see him a little bit, albeit shorthanded against Reading, so uh, maybe not the best um, first impression for him. But um, nice to have a bit more strength and depth in that position. During the week, we also signed Reese Hannum, who... uh, Ben wisely informed us we'd had on loan and was looking good. Uh, not on loan, on trial and was looking good. Uh, he's a left-back from Crystal Palace. We've signed him on a free, presumably for the for uh, the rest of this season. I didn't see a contract length announced anywhere for him. So uh, his previous experience is predominantly youth team level. Uh, he did have 17 appearances for the first team in Bromley in the National League, but this is his first um, senior Football league experience for us this season, so big learning curve for him in the short term. But we were crying out for cover at left back, and um, he'll bring that in. He's a, another good young talent for us to nurture and develop. So, a uh, couple of useful pieces of business around the fringes of the squad. Uh, any thoughts on those two folks, guys, before we get into the game preview reviews?
2: It's good to have depth. I think this squad, I mean, last year, we, we definitely struggled with squad depth. So, it's good to get a couple in and uh, and add depth to the squad, especially with the injury list, which we're going to get to as well in a bit. Uh, injury list forever just keeps getting longer and longer. So, yeah, I don't know a lot about them. Um, I always go on on reactions to sort of ex-teams and, and a lot of Barrow fans are very complimentary on nil. On um, so, which which for me, Kind of suggest he obviously did a pretty good job there and played a lot of games, so hopefully uh, that one will work out pretty well. But I don't think we saw anything of him this weekend against Reading, just as uh, I say, it was shorthanded, he was having to be pretty much here, there, and everywhere, as most players were in the end. So, yeah, but it'll be interesting to see how uh, how that one comes out and how much game time he ends
3: up getting.
1: Anything to add on that one, Ben?
3: Yeah, um, I mean, Neil, I think, is is probably going to get more game time than, than Hannon for sure. Um, I, I think he's good for depth in the sense that he's he's different to quite a lot of the other midfielders that we have, you know, apart from Louis Thompson. Um, we don't really have anyone who I'd say is a tough tackler. Um, so I, I, I think that Neil, in, in terms of that sort of strength, physicality aspect, he, he does bring quite a lot. Um and and I've sort of looked back at where he's played before. It seems as though he's adapted well to each division that he's played in, uh, and he's sort of just gone up a league every season, basically. Um, so hopefully he, he provides some good cover there. Hannum, I don't think is going to start an awful lot of league games. Certainly not in the near future. I'd expect to see him sort of eased into it, maybe in the uh EFL Cup uh, and the Papa John's Trophy, but you know. It, Butler can't play every game, so Hannum will get a chance and uh, we'll we'll get to see what
1: he can do. Excellent. Well, uh, looking forward to seeing those with my own eyes at some point. Um, Let's move on to Cambridge versus Stevenage. So Tuesday night, Stevenage went to Cambridge, turned them over 2-1 despite my negative predictions to the game. 7,500 people watching it, including 1,250 Stevenage fans, so great effort for everyone turning out for that one. Stevenage had 36% possession, each side managed 11 shots, 3 on target for Cambridge, 6 on, shot on target for us, um, 11 fouls to 17, and naught bookings to 3, which uh, suggests we maybe have our reputation preceding us a little bit. I saw that Cambridge created some good early chances down Stevenage's right-hand side before Jordan Roberts scored from a Carl flick-on from a set-piece. Cambridge equalised late on when Elias Kachunga stole in at the back post a bundle home from Fajiri Okunabiri on about 80 minutes. And I imagined like, Stevenage fans must have got a little nervous because we've got a history of conceding late goals to lose in Cambridge, but We're a different beast under Steve Evans and uh, Jamie Reid picked up a loose ball very shortly after that goal um, from Cambridge, drove at the back line and rifled it in from the edge of the D into the bottom left-hand corner. Um, We rode out the last 10, 15 minutes or so to hold on for a 2-1 win. So a really good, valuable away three points um, in Cambridge. What was uh, your thoughts on the game, Ben? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think the last
3: point that you make about a valuable away win, uh, I think we learned that last year, e- even in League Two, when we were used to sort of winning most weeks, away, three points away from home is so valuable, whatever division you play in, um, but especially in a, a league that's so competitive like League One, um, you know, to at that point have two away wins from two um uh, and looking you know fairly comfortable in in, in both games um you know it, it, I was I was impressed um I think what became apparent on, on sort of like maybe 60 minutes or so was that uh it was easy to expose Cambridge sort of like over the top running in behind because you know they've got two very experienced Defenders in morrison and Bennett playing at center back and Presley, you know as much as he, I, I think he's great. He he doesn't have that pace to get in behind. So the decision to bring uh, Reed on off the bench by Evans, I think, was inspired. It gave us a little bit more pace. Should have scored pretty much as soon as he came on. Um, but yeah, I think that was the change that that you know possibly won the game for us. And that's not just because because Reed scored the winner, but we did look a lot more threatening going forward. Um, but Cambridge, you know, considering we had, I think a lot of people have them in the relegation zone, their predictions, I was impressed by, I think they're a good side. I don't think that they'll go down by, by any imagination. Um, and it was overall just a really good contest of, of league one football played in front of what was a great crowd at Cambridge. I have to say.
1: Overall thoughts on the game from you, Greg?
2: Yeah, I thought we were good value for the win. Uh, it was one of those games, if you look at the stats, it probably edged it in, in Cambridge's favour, but I, I genuinely didn't at any time think that, you know, we, we rode our luck at times. There was certainly in that, in the second half, we, we certainly rode our luck at times, but I thought it was just a solid performance and to a man, every everyone who played on, on the pitch that night was was top, top quality and, and I want to Shout out Kane Smith. I think that's probably the best game that he's played, even though I think he was slightly out of position for their goal. Um, he, it was probably the best performance he's put in in a, a Steven shirt, in my view, I think getting up and down that up and down that wing. Um, but for me, I think it was just, it was one of those away day performances. You know, you know, you've got to ride your luck. You know, you've got to take the opportunities when they come to you. Um, I was cursing Jamie Reid when he missed the what was ultimately a bit of a sitter, really, really. Um, put straight at the keeper just just after he came on but made up for it with a a really sweet finish that i think if we're one nil up he's not shooting from there that's for sure he he you know he bought a a ticket ticket to the lottery and 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 won there really but it was you know he hit it so well credit to him but it was just for me it felt like the Stevenage of old and uh, we had moments like that last season but there's there's been away games in the past going down the years that yeah, we've gone and, and, and just done a bit of a number on the t- on the on the team we're playing. Uh, it, it felt a bit like that. We really exposed them. They wanted to play out from the back, and when we pressed high, we were exposing them. But t- as Ben mentioned as well, we we were catching them in behind. Certainly when Reed came on um, with the sort of two experienced defenders that just weren't able to keep up with it. So yeah, look, great great value for the win. It was one of the best away days we've had in in quite a few years. In my view, it's one that I certainly enjoyed. Um, even though I barely had a voice left at the end of it. (laughs)
1: That sounds like classic Jamie Reid missing a fairly easy chance put through by uh, Jordan Roberts, one-on-one with the keeper, and then doing something spectacular from the edge of the box to make amends for it. So uh, good on him for keeping his head and just playing through, I suppose. Um, Any surprises for you for the um, starting lineup changes that we saw? We saw Ashby Hammond back in goal, which I guess for me wasn't a surprise. The surprise was him being... um, Left out of the starting lineup in the previous game, and then the central midfield three of Ben Thompson, Louis Thompson, and Alex McDonald in behind Presley and Roberts. Um Not quite the setup of the team I expected for the first half. But uh, what were your thinking on that?
2: Uh, I think it was, it was team, right? Sorry, team, ben, you go. I think it's it just freshening it up. I don't. I didn't really see any. I think. Playing playing Saturday Tuesdays we, we know is tough and especially with what this team put into everything. So I think it was just freshening it up. I wasn't really surprised too much about the about the team choice, but I am a little bit miffed about the goalkeeping situation at the moment. Um, I think we've got two very capable goalkeepers at this level. I think we've seen that. I think there was a couple of moments uh, on Saturday at Reading that the the youngster on loan from West Ham you know, had a couple of scary moments, but realistically he looked pretty assured for throughout. But I just I don't I don't believe in this rotation of goalkeepers. Whether it's trying to keep West Ham happy, whether it's trying to decide who your number one is. I think you need to have a steady a steady back five as we as we have, I guess. And and the keeper is, is paramount to that. Um you saw last year when what was it, seven goalkeepers by the end of the season. Um, yeah, you know, we we were at our best when we had Ashby Hammond. I'm not saying Ashby Hammond needs to be that guy. I think both keepers are, are pretty good, but I'm not a big fan of that of that change. So bringing Ashby Hammond back in, I wasn't surprised about, but ro- continue to rotate going forward just doesn't seem doesn't strike right with me. I think you've got to make a call of who your number one is, um, and then you know if he doesn't perform for sure, make a change. But you've got to have your number one in place.
3: Agreed. Go on, Ben. Yeah, I, I mean, touching on the goalkeeper situation, to start it, it really is not going to help the fluency of our of our defensive system to be changing a goalkeeper every week when, and I'm not going to say that they're particularly different keepers, but there is certainly one of them who's a lot more comfortable coming off his line than the other one. um, That being Ashby Hammond, a lot more confident off his line, a, a lot more assured in his sort of handling of the ball, I would say. um, Hedgy, I'd argue, possibly his one real plus over Tay would be his, his distribution. I think his kicking to Presley's pretty good. Um but yeah I, I have to say it's not gonna help. We need to sort of nail down, you know, first choice keeper and then maybe give the other one a chance in the Cup games. And then I, I mean other than that, that lineup at Cambridge on on Tuesday, I was a little bit surprised not to see Jake Forster Kasky start. Um and when he came on off the bench we again we really looked more of a threat with him i say it again, sort of from those deeper areas, he is our most creative player by quite some distance. Um, And then the other thing I guess that you could pick up on was the fact that we only played really one striker uh, with Presley. I think Roberts was sort of playing in in a bit of a deeper role, uh, sort of just playing off him, um, especially like when we sort of found out that the best way to expose him was over the top, you know, I think, but I can understand why Evans made that decision because you look at the way that Cambridge set up, they really looked to over, overload that midfield. And, you know, having Roberts in there with three other central midfielders basically forced them to play down the wings. Um, but to, to be fair to Cambridge, I, I still thought that they looked to threat at times down the wings, but to cut out what was ultimately, you know, their main route to goal w- was critical for us. We, that's the way we've 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 set up within the system. Is is to pack
2: the middle. We we don't mind them going out wide. We don't mind them, you know, trying to put crosses into the box because you've got probably already one of the best centre backs in the league who's gonna who's gonna mop it up all day long. So I actually didn't mind that that tactic and that strategy. And even though I think even their goal led from from across from out wide, it there, there was there were time and time again they were trying in those areas, and it was you know it was. At times, quite simple for, for us to to defend it. So I didn't actually mind us forcing teams out wide, and I think we'll see a lot of that this year. I think that, that that's always the way that we're going to play. Is we're going to pack pack the middle up and, and make it difficult for teams to to carve us open. Um, and that, I think that's fine. I think that we we know the way that the best the best part of this of this team that we have right now is that we've got some good players. But at the same time, we've also got players who are going to run. They're nuts off and, and and make sure that, you know, they are winning every single tackle. Um, and that's that's ultimately what you need as a club like Stevenage. You need players who are going to go away and do that. So for me, I didn't have a problem with, you know, us almost giving them the wings because I think that was, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know what the percentages. Ben, you probably know better than I do. But <laughs> the percentages from from scoring from crosses in this league, I can't imagine being particularly high. Uh, certainly not when you've got three centre-halves or who... We're all
3: pretty capable in the air. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I'm, you know, you look at you look at the, the way that teams play, I think that we're actually, you know, one, one of the teams who are stronger, sort of attacking down the wings, putting the crosses in. Um, I, I'm not a lot of teams like it. You know, you looked at looked at Reading yesterday. Reading are another team that absolutely packed the middle of, of the pitch. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I completely agree. Um but you know, if if, if you do leave those wings open, that there's obviously a huge danger. Um and you know, especially with the way that we've been defending corners recently. Uh you know, even if you get attacked down the wing can see the corner, there's still a threat there. Uh, so yeah.
1: All right. Let's have your um biggest Positive for us to maintain going forwards and your biggest weakness for us to build on from this game? I'll go first so you have a bit of thinking time. Um, I think the biggest positive for me was the multiplicity of different ways we're scoring goals. We're not a one-trick pony. We've got threats in a lot of different areas and that bodes well for posing different teams, different problems going forwards I mean, difficult to um, nullify. The thing that concerned me most from what I saw from this one is balls between the wide centre-backs and the wing-backs and wingers getting in behind and putting in dangerous crosses. We saw that a lot, particularly between Butler and Pia And they're two of your more experienced defenders, so it's a concern to be seeing that so often. And whilst we got away with it on a few occasions in this game, you're not going to consistently get away with it if you're letting people get in crosses from that sort of area. So that's something they need to work on and tidy up, I think.
2: I'll go next. I think the positive for me is around like this this back five. is has only got Pierre Gianni and Lufa slash Kane Smith that is familiar from last season at the moment with... Van Kooten and Sweeney both are injured. You know, you've got two two new centre halves in there, and both of those centre halves certainly the first, you know, before Reading, I would say, were have been pretty dominant. I think Thompson, Nathan Thompson, has been outstanding. Um, I think Finley Burns, considering you know, he's a young young kid, who's obviously come through from well, South End and Man City that he's, he's adapted to the level pretty well and and been pretty physical. Um, which is something that you, know, you have to ex- expect a, a bit of a learning curve for a centre-half who's 19, 20 years old, whatever he is. So I think I think we, we've adapted that pretty well and we've looked on the whole, I, I still think, pretty solid. Yeah, Gianni, I, I do think, in the air, is, is still second to none. I do think he has, at times, been probably turned a bit too easily defensively. Um, there's been instances of games where you've sort of seen players who are technically a bit more gifted maybe than what you see in League Two. Um, and he's definitely been caught out a couple of times in that regard. But I'm not... I think that's just him adapting to this level. You know, he's not played at League One level consistently for any... Maybe, maybe even ever. I'm not even sure, to be honest with you. I think my, my biggest concern is... So I think Presley... Presley is as a as a player, his hold up play is is outstanding. I think he's given us something that we were certainly lacking last season up front and that's that's a focal point. Um, I do I do worry about and, and I know you, Pat you just mentioned around you know scoring goals from, from different players in different areas and I, I do agree with that. But I think if we get in a situation where goals dry up for Jamie Reid I think it would be really interesting to see, you know, how many can Presley get this year. I do think he's got to chip in with, you know, probably at least eight to ten, realistically, for him to, to really warrant being in, in that team or in that position. And there's been a couple of times I've seen him in this game. He had a, we'll get to Reading in a minute. He had a great opportunity, which was which was well saved. Um, but with his feet, he's not, he's, his finishing is not as comfortable as, as other players. So I think it's fine whilst other players are scoring, but if it starts to dry up elsewhere... You are going to have to look at Presley as a player to at least get you some goals, and I'm a bit concerned to see whether we will, whether we will see that from him. But his hold up play and how he brings players into the game at the moment is uh, is working incredibly well for us, and we even see we even saw that at times against Reading, um, even though that game was was a worse complete write off. Um, but yeah, for me, it's, that's probably my biggest concern is is can Presley get us enough goals?
3: Yeah yeah I've, i i have to say my i'll start off with with you know what the positive and i've you know i I would say jordan roberts he was absolutely phenomenal on tuesday but i give jordan roberts so much praise all the time that i, I you know I'd sound like a broken record so i'm I'm going to say my biggest sort of um positive from the game was just the work rate of that midfield and you know the ability to win that ball back and we 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 made I believe eleven uh, interceptions in that game, or won the ball back eleven times, and Cambridge only won it back once in the whole game. Um, so you look at that as a stat, and you you go, we must be doing something right in that midfield. And the work rate from the likes of you know L- Louis Thompson—he he was absolutely phenomenal. Like he just breaks the play up of, of the opposition so well. He's such a good ball-winning midfielder. Then you got McDonald, who he just didn't stop running, and I, I and I find for for such a for a player who's you know not so tall in his stature, he just you know even aerially, I'm I'm just so impressed by him. Uh, and we thought that McDonald was going to be someone who came in and you know prop, you know, we didn't think he was actually going to be good enough for this level. But my word, I, I've been so impressed. And even you know, like people people say, you know, Ben Thompson. He, he's working hard and I do think he's going to get there. He's got the quality on the ball. I just think, you know, he, he is going to get there in the end. Forster Kasky as well, coming on from the bench, adding that little bit more creativity. But what, you know, people may not associate with Forster Kasky is he does put those big tackles in. He does win the ball back. And, you know, I, I have to say that just whole midfield on Tuesday, I thought, were well, excellent. My concern I've touched upon already... Defending set pieces, especially corners. Cambridge, I mean Cambridge, should have scored at least once from a corner on on a on Tuesday. Um, and it's tracking runners. You know, we we set up very tightly, man for man. But as soon as the ball goes in and the runs are made, we seem to we seem to lose them all of a sudden. We're not close to them anymore. And you know Cambridge had you know two or three chances from corners on on Tuesday, and I, I said I said after the game in my post match analysis on, the, on on a couple of days later, if we don't learn how to defend set pieces, we will concede from one, and well we're, we're going to get onto that, but um, you know from Saturday, but yeah that that had to be my main concern coming out of the game.
1: Absolutely yes, so we beat unbeaten Cambridge. To uh, move on to three wins from three, nine points, third in the table on goal difference. And then came up against a trip to Reading. And to be honest, on the face of it, coming into the game on Saturday, I was feeling relatively positive and optimistic. We were looking decent. They were looking like they had some turmoil going on behind the scenes. The starting eleven looked pretty youthful. So you think, we've got a good, strong, solid squad that should be able to deal with that. We also had Elliot List back on the bench, which was really nice to see. You know, a big lift and boost to the squad and certainly to the fans. But it was um, short-lived optimism. We lost Kane Smith on about 10, 11 minutes, which uh, meant and Harrison Neal had to come on, take his place. And we're basically out of right-backs in the team who are fit, unless uh, Luther's ready to come back for the next one. So that was a blow, and that had us reeling and having to reorganise a little bit, and then uh, Nathan Thompson got sent off for a second bookable offence on 22 minutes. It was kind of an innocuous coming together fairly wide on the left. Uh, Tangle of legs didn't look particularly deliberate to me, though it was probably a foul. The ball was in a fairly safe area of the pitch, so touch and go whether that's a yellow card, but it was given as one. Um, He was sent off, and after that point... (laughs) It was always going to be an uphill struggle to beat a team like Reading with with 10 men and with uh, such a, a patchwork unfamiliar squad as we ended up having on the day. Um, they responded positively at first, to be fair. Um, couldn't capitalise on any of their chances before or after the sending off, though, and when you fail to convert in that sort of scenario particularly, you're always vulnerable. Reading scored just before half-time, um, free header direct from a corner, as Ben was just bemoaning. And they doubled their lead just before the hour mark after Hedgie um, kept out a shot across his bowels but could only palm it square across his six-yard box and um, it was tapped in at the far post. No Stevenish player able to get back fast enough. And uh, it could have been worse. It was kind of damage limitation the last half hour. Um, and another uh, shot that was saved but failed to be held fell to a um, Reading player who tucked it in Thought would have been his hat trick if he hadn't been flagged offside. So, pretty bad day at the office all round. Reading ended the game 72% possession, 20 shots to Boroughs 6, of which 7 were on target to Boroughs 4. They committed 12 fouls to Boroughs 8 and yet had no yellow card to Boroughs 5. And that was really getting Stephen Dean's backs up the lack of um, consistency in terms of the uh, punitive measures the referee took out in that game. So, yeah. Um a loss, a fair result on balance. Um, six hundred of disappointed Stevenage fans, traip's back, uh, but they did at least manage to make a good amount of noise while they were there when Reading scored their goal. I thought it was a Stevenage goal from the noise in the stadium. Um What were your thoughts on the game overall? One of those
2: days, wasn't it? It was just one of the like you you can't I mean, when we lost Kane Smith, you know, you're already reshuffling and, and playing McDonald like, outright back or whatever it was and, and you just you, it did automatically kind of feel like it was just gonna be one of those days. look, in terms of the referee and performance, I think I'm not gonna s i am not going to I think it's the consistency that is, that annoys me and I think this is the consistency that you see not just not just with this referee. I think across every game you watch nowadays there's there's fouls that, that that you get yellow cards for that you'll see an identical foul two minutes later that they'll just give us a free kick and move on. Um, same, it's the same with the whole <clears throat> adding of time. You watch some games, they add next to nothing. You watch Steven play Northampton, they had twenty three minutes, whatever it was. It's just one of it's just, it's just for me that is what I think officiating in in this country is now is inconsistent. And that's from the top to the bottom. And I don't even—I mentioned this. I think on Twitter, watching watching Premier League football the other day, I don't—I don't, I don't even know what the handball rule is anymore. <laughs> I don't. Even, I don't. And and arguably, I'm I'm struggling at times even to follow what the offside rule is anymore because it's just you just watch different games and you get different outcomes. When it comes when it comes back to, to the game on Saturday, losing Kane Smith was a massive blow. I really—I said that at the time. I just felt like it would it would almost unless you win. To a back four and maybe put Nathan Thompson out there which then completely spoils what kind of game plan is you have to almost start again they just tried to patch up that right hand side and it just didn't really work and then the but the moment really was that red card and and look it was a tangle of legs i think it's incredibly it was incredibly unfortunate for Nathan Thompson the referee was was only too keen to give him that second yellow on another day he'd be getting this is your final warning whether he would have then survived the rest of the game anyway is, is neither here nor there because after 22 minutes, he's off the pitch and after that, you just knew how it was going to play out. Reading have got a young squad and I think that young squad has still got a lot of talent in it. There's a lot of players there that come through their academy and their academy has brought good talent through uh, over the years. I don't think they're... They, they've been pretty poor to start this season, but realistically, I think they'll they'll go on and they'll do all right. And it was just one of those you just got to flush it and move on. Mm,
1: that seems fair. What were your thoughts, Ben?
3: Yeah, um, well, I mean, going into the game, I, I said it. I said it before on Twitter, which you know the, the Reading fans had had a good time with last night. I said ultimately, it probably is the best time to be um, playing Reading, um, and you know, with their off-field issues and whatnot, which you know. Game aside, off-field issues, I think at any club are absolutely horrible. I really hope that that gets sorted soon. Uh, So all the best to Reading. Um, But, you know, it it was off-field issues, a young squad. And I'm not going to say that they were there for the taking because that that young squad is still a talented Reading side. But, you you know, especially with just the lack of experience and a physical Stevenage side, I, and the way we've been playing, I felt that there was, you know, a chance that you know we could really ruffle some feathers. Um, and I'd say, I mean, for the opening forty-five minutes, we were we were well in that game. Um, and the goal before half time, obviously, it sort of killed whatever sort of hope we had going into half time. I think because I mean, from the red card. I think the very best result we were going to get was nil-nil. Um, and by all accounts, the second half, we were absolutely dominated. Um, you know, we created very little. Reading could have scored way more than one in that second half. Um, I don't know about the disallowed goal, whether it was, uh, you know, from the highlights, you can't see where, you know, where whether the, the whole line across the pitch, I don't know if that, Should have been allowed or not. Um, But, yeah, I mean, beaten by the better team on the day. Um, And you've just got to move on. Um, You know, a a bad day at the office, even worse to lose Kane Smith and Nathan Thompson. Leaves us very, very light at right back for Portsmouth on Saturday. Um, But, you know, you've got to move on from a day like that and just say sometimes, you know, you're beaten by the better team. Should have taken our chances in the first half, and we didn't, and we and we got punished. And you can't do that at this level.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Two
2: great, we had two great chance. Sorry, Pat, we had two great chances, and I think we were down to ten men when both of them happened. I might be wrong, but I think it's Roberts had the first one, which was, I mean, Button. I don't even know if you saw it. Just kind of hit him, but he certainly made a, a last reaction to it. And then same with. And same with I think Presley's header as well, yeah. which I think was bottom to the post. Like they were, they were really good chances. It was I think Ben hit the nail on the head. The best, we we probably did think after the red card, uh, best we could hope for is 0-0. If we nick a goal there, that game is uh, Reading would panic because they've got a young squad that aren't really used to to chasing a game necessarily. As soon as they scored, it was it was just it was too easy for them almost, and. It was a case of damage limitation. It was a case of, okay, let's not get any more red cards. Let's not get any more injuries, and which is a shame. But, yeah, flush it, move on.
1: Yeah, it was uh, kind of disappointing to see that we weren't capable of adapting to how the referee was refereeing and continue to give away those cheap free kicks and those cheap um, chances to pick up bookings. And that was what Dean Thompson was saying on the... On the commentary, that yes, the second yellow card is probably soft, but the first one was a definite yellow. And once you're on a yellow, you can't afford to give the referee a chance to give you a second yellow, particularly that early on in the game. You've got to be careful. And uh, I was looking up uh, to see whether Thompson was suspended for the Portsmouth game or not. And one of the things that came up when I was searching for that was him getting a dressing down from Darren Ferguson in his Peterborough days about his disciplinary record and picking up two yellow cards. So he's got previous in this regard. And uh, yeah, it's the sort of carelessness you can't really afford in a really thin squad such as this. So cost you points on the day and makes your job a lot more difficult coming up to um, a tough game against Portsmouth next weekend. Before we get on to that, though, anything either of you want to add on this one?
2: Yeah, just one more from me. I, I, I didn't listen to the Evans interview, but I saw some, some tweets that followed it around uh, his comments on the referee and, and they knew what you know what was going to happen today from quarter to two when they arrived or whatever it was. And there was also a comment made, I think Seb tweeted it, around um, the Reading analyst meeting with the referee before the game. I'm sure this stuff happens all the time. There's there's certainly a fear of God knows what. Flies around all the time, but if that is true, how is that allowed? How is how is a you know anyone from the red apart from maybe the captain and and the manager? There should be no one else who's able to sit down and have whether it's a meeting or a discussion with the referee prior to a game. It just seems, yeah, just seems to me like, and and, and it did ultimately. Look, you, you said it yourself Pat, with the with the stats; they had more fouls than us. Yet we had five yellows, they had none now sure we, we all know that we are a physical team we're going to fly in with some tackles we all know that that's the way that we play but it just felt like he was lo- the referee was looking for an opportunity to you know whether it's not just to give us yellow cards but I think there were fouls out there that you know, that we're now starting to get that reputation again that we had in the Wesley days of you know not necessarily big strong and physical but we've got that reputation back that I actually think isn't going to do us any favours certainly not when it comes to referees who will be looking out for any opportunity to penalise us, whether it's with fouls or yellow cards or red cards, whatever it may be. And that is a concern of mine because last year I felt like we've not changed massively from from, from last year as a, as a squad and as the way that we've gone out and set around our business. But I think we're going to have these big teams in this league now that you know, will definitely go out and, and do everything in their power to, to influence the referees against a little old Stevenage.
1: Mm. And it did sound like Thompson's first booking came hot on the heels from a tackle that was punished with a free kick, but not a booking on one of our lot. And he took the retribution into his own hands a little bit with the next 50-50 he got chance to fly into. And that's the sort of feistiness, I guess, Evans tries to build into the squad, but it's the sort of feistiness that can also cost you if the application of the yellow cards is inconsistent or maybe not inconsistent, but maybe more in response to the players' reaction from the incident rather than the tackle itself. Because we definitely saw, um, we've seen that in previous games where Stevenage players get battered, get up and carry on and get very little reward for that honesty. We saw it from Presley and Thompson in the previous home game. And, uh, you know, you don't want to see that sort of, Cynical professionalism having to come into a side, but if it's what you need to do to get a decent balance of the refereeing decisions and uh, the uh, cards and that sort of thing, maybe you have to be a bit more cynical about it.
2: I I, I just think, and this was the same one we had Wesley. When you've got a manager like Steve Evans, you know there are referees who who know they're going to get dogs abused from the sideline for. For ninety minutes, and therefore, I do think they'll referee a game differently to how they would if it was, you know, two managers who sit there quietly and don't say a word. There's no doubt, how, it, it, whether it's subconscious or or they're trying to do it. I, I do think, unfortunately, it is something that's going to happen. But that's no different to last season. had yeah, to the Euros last year, and and for me, I think it's just us adapting to this level. I think. You know, you do have to be a bit smarter about it. I do think the red card was harsh. Whether, as I mentioned earlier as well, whether Nathan Thompson would have survived the second half, I, I very much doubt it. I think he's, he likes to play on the edge as a player. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, after 22 minutes, it just killed the game automatically. And feel for the 600 English fans that travelled all the way down there. Because as soon as that happened, you just knew that it was only a matter of time. that once they got one, they were going to go on and win the game.
1: Yep, yep. Fair. Yeah. Anything else to add on this one, Ben? Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, the
3: the thing I, we can complain as much as we like about the refereeing and the consistency, um, but you know, ultimately, we 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 just weren't we just weren't at it yesterday. Uh. You know, the red card happens, but you know, I've seen Stevenage sides in the past. I've seen other sides in the past go down to ten men, and. You know, we, you can't let that just sort of put you sort of put you down to the point where you you can only see yourself grinding out a nil nil draw at best. We, I mean, that second half w- w- was we, we were just absolutely played off the park by Reading, Um and you know, it might, in my, in my opinion, what was it a harsh yellow card the second one? Yes, it it probably was. um but, yeah, again, would Thompson have made it through? You know, that, that pace up, Reading has some real pace in that side. You know, we, they were getting goal side far too much. Um, and, and you know, it's a tangle of legs, but at the end of the day, when you look at it, it is it a cynical foul? Yes, it is. So the referee's well in is right to, to give him that second yellow card. Um, but, yeah, you know, all, all we can do is, uh, I think just forget forget what 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 happened yesterday. It it was you know a pretty pretty poor performance, and just yeah, be, beaten by a better team. Uh, I would say not beaten by the referee.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. All right. Well, if that's all we want to say about the Reading game, and frankly, it's more than I wanted to say about the Reading game, let's move on and look ahead to the Johnny Hibbert Derby against Portsmouth on Saturday. Um, Portsmouth are one place behind us in the table. They've had two wins and two draws in the league so far, scoring six, conceding just one, so they look like a very tidy outfit. They had a 3-1 away win at Forest Green in the League Cup, so they've made progress in that competition as well. Um, Drew 0-0 with Cheltenham in their most recent encounter. And they've got a midweek Papa John's Cup game against Fulham under-21s on Tuesday night, which might help us out a little bit, given our Extra recovery time, which we definitely need, judging by um, recent events. Main concerns in that squad, as far as I can see, they've got a very um, quality frontman in Colby Bishop, which will be uh, tough to handle, particularly with depleted defensive resources for us. They've got an excellent veteran midfielder in Marlon Pack, pulling the strings in that midfield. And uh, our old boy Connor Ogilvie seems set in as their starting left back, and uh, you know he's a player I was sad to lose, and uh, he's always a, a tough cookie to come up against. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens on Saturday, particularly with Thompson probably missing, suspended; Kane probably missing, injured. We don't know whether Luther will be back, so it may be a. A fairly unfamiliar, youthful backline. We'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, thoughts on Portsmouth coming to visit Ben?
3: Uh, it's it's going to be a very tough game. Um, Portsmouth, out of all of the sides in League One, are I mean that the transfer window they had they have had so far has been, I would argue, easily in the top three in the league. They've brought in some real League one quality. I look at you know Regan Paul uh, who left Lincoln Lincoln were absolutely desperate to keep him. he's he's an excellent signing uh, for this level. I thought he'd go to the championship personally. Um, I think Alex Robertson who's coming on loan from Manchester City uh, when I was watching our uh, uh, sort of like the highlights of city's uh, Premier League 2 side. While I was doing my scouting on Finley Burns, Alex Robertson looked a player with with some real talent on the ball. Um, so yeah, from, from that sort of recruitment side, I think they've done really well. They're going to be a really hard side to beat as well. They 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 haven't lost yet this season. They've only as you as you previously mentioned, they've only conceded one goal in the league, uh, and that was on the opening day. So. And, you know, they put in some very impressive performances. A 4-0 win away at Leighton Orient a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, Leighton Orient at home last season were were pretty much, you know, they hardly lost a game at home. And Portsmouth, you know, looked like they did a a real job on them. So, yeah, it's going to be an extremely tough game. Um, I I think that it will be another where we probably will sit off Portsmouth, probably let them probably let them have the ball, make them play over the top, um, you know, because they, uh, if, if you go man for man with Portsmouth ability on the ball, they are probably, they are better than us. Um, especially with the lack of, now, the lack of defence, it's going to be really interesting to see how we line up. Um, Portsmouth will go, I'd imagine, with the four-back, as they, they did yesterday against Cheltenham Town. Um, so whether we try and counter that by playing five, who knows. Um, but, yeah, I mean, with the defensive options we've got, I, I wouldn't be surprised, actually, to see a fallback.
1: How about you, Greg? Have you got any thoughts on this upcoming game? I think it's going to be uh, a bit of a contrast in styles. I think both
2: teams are... Are going to be, I think, relatively similar in the way that they play. I think they've both, as Ben mentioned, both got really creative players. I think we've, with the likes of forster Kasky for us and Pack for them. Um, I think you know, there's going to be, and then you know up front, I think there's also going to be you know Colby Bishop against Presley, two similar types of players. I think Bishop's probably got a bit more miles on the clock and a bit more experience, but I think we'll see. I don't think it's going to be the best game of football anyone's ever watched. I think it's going to be a bit of a slugfest. I think it's going to be uh, hard tackling, hard battling uh, afternoon, especially because of the injuries that we've got. I think you know we're going to have to dig in to get anything out of the game. It's just going to be weird to see John Moussino as a manager because I still think of him as the joker in the pack that we had <laughs> for, uh, as a player over the years. But uh, he's done a good job down there and I agree with Ben. I think the recruitment they've done for the for this level is they, they've built a squad that they think can go and do well at League One. Um, they haven't tried to, to sign players thinking ahead, they've very much thought, and that's probably because they've been in this division for as many years as they have now. But yeah, it's going to be a tough, really, really tough game. And I think most of the reason it's going to be tough is because of the injuries that we've got. And now the suspension with Nathan Thompson as well. I think we're going to be spread pretty thin this weekend. Um, we pretty much, I don't think it has been a game this year where we've named seven subs or maybe, maybe one there has been. Um, I think we'd be surprised if we have only four or five on the bench come come Saturday. Um, so yeah, I think if we can get anything out of the game, I'd be I'd be pretty happy. We've had a really tough start to the season when you look at the teams that we've come up against. Um, you know, obviously Cambridge were unbeaten when we when we played them, and they're probably the sort of smallest team that we've that we've been up against. So for me, I'd be happy to come out with uh, with any any kind of points whatsoever, and then and move on.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair summary of it. It's a kind of short-term recovery job, get what you can out of the game. And uh, I'm not overly optimistic going into it, which feels wrong after the the good form we've shown recently and and the good play we've had to start the season. I'm kind of expecting a a patchwork side to struggle a little bit and to go down uh, to a 2-1 home loss um, on Saturday. You've got uh, game predictions for us, guys?
3: Uh, I'll go. Uh, I mean, if I, if I'm being optimistic, I'd say maybe one all. But I think if if I'm being completely honest, I think we'll probably lose two nil. <laughs> How about you, Greg?
1: It's
3: got nil nil written all over this. Do
1: you know what? I'd probably take that on balance. Especially if it's I would not...
2: T- a- I I'd take anything.
1: <laughs> a nil-nil draw on a walk home that's not in the rain. That would be fine. Fine and dandy for my Saturday afternoon. And uh, I predicted us to lose to Cambridge and we won and to beat Reading and we lost. So hopefully that streak continues and I predicted a loss to Portsmouth, which we'll win. But uh, I guess once you say it, it probably can't come true. All right. Um, so that's covered everything that uh, has happened and the most immediate stuff that's about to happen. Uh, Any other borough thoughts you want to feed in before we sign off for the episode?
3: Um, Yeah, I I mean, it's going to be an interesting week for sure. I would, would imagine that we will act on, on, you know, possibly the injuries, you know, we may see a defender come through the door. um, But at the the same time, I, I think we're, after the signings that have come in this week, we may be looking at a maximum of two more more players coming in. Uh, so yeah, you know, possibly a, a quiet week, and it is, it's it's going to be a, a big week of training for the players because this Portsmouth game is going to be a, a real test for this side. You know, possibly as as hard of a test as, as we had on Saturday. Um, but you know, we can't we can't dwell on Saturday. You know what what's happened has happened. Uh, and yeah, just got just got to keep keep looking forward. Um, and yeah, no, I think we'll, we'll we'll look at what happened with Reading. You know, I'll dissect that game, watch watch it in full. Uh, and yeah, I, I think I, I think it, it hopefully will be a better game than than I'm imagining on Saturday.
1: <laughs> Fingers crossed. Amen to that, Greg. Grumpy old man uh, syndrome is going to
2: come out for this one, but uh, flares just. Uh, Wallace came out of his statement on, on I think it was on Saturday. Um, at the end of the day, look, I, I I think they look shit. If I'm honest with you, I've got no, absolutely no desire to sit there and look at a flare in a stand, I think that looks cool, and I know some people, obviously, certainly Stevenage fans, you know, of the of the younger majority, seem to seem to enjoy it, but yeah the club's just going to continue to get fined the club's going to continue to get reprimanded and in, in whatever way it is the more that it happens the more you know that fine is going to end up being and, and look if Wallace doesn't make loads of money out of this football club and if he's got to continue paying out fines to the fa or uh, or to the efl because you know because of something as stupid as you know the minority of our fans who want to bring bring flares in it just doesn't sit right with me. It's just going to end up harming, you know, everything that you know, there's a knock-on effect to all of this thing. You know, come January, if we need to go and sign some players, if we've been fined thousands over the over the first half of this year. The money might not be there. So for me, yeah, you know, I say grumpy old man syndrome because you know I've got no, they don't appeal to me in any way, um, and I've yeah you know, fully understand everyone's got their own tastes and they want to create their own atmospheres and do their own things, but. I just, I just think it's got to stop because it's just, it's just harming, you know, it's harming the club financially, and I just don't see, you know, I think five-year banning orders that they've talked about. I don't see how they, how they keep doing that. Realistically, I don't think they'll find who uh, keep, keep bringing these in, and it will just continue on and on and on. So, hopefully, it stops because again, it will be one of those things I'm going to get bored about talking about. But uh, yeah, it's one of those things that will definitely start to harm. Harm the club financially, and harm a football club financially that you know doesn't make loads of money anyway, is uh, is not a good thing.
1: No, I'm with you. It's uh, hurting the club that you uh, allege that you support, and you shouldn't be hurting a thing. You're trying to and hoping the best for. So uh, yeah, cut that out if we can. I'd also say that like if football isn't exciting enough for you without a smoke bomb. Maybe football's not the sport for you and you could maybe find something that excites you more. But, you know, we are where we are with that and we've all just got to hope it hope it gets cut out. Uh, for me, I hope we finalise a, a goalkeeper for the league games and stick on it to allow that cohesion to build up. And I hope we get to see some game time for Elliot List because, uh, you know, it's been a long time coming. We saw a little snatch of it in pre-season, a little tantalising glimpse, and uh, yeah, I want more. I want more of it, and I want it soon. I'm greedy. (laughs) Alright, well, thanks to both of you for coming on today, and we'll finish as we always do, with a hearty, up the borough!
2: What do you reckon the player's favourite McDonald's is? Sweeney
0: screams fillet fish to me. I can see that.
1: I reckon TVC loves a McFurry because they're smooth as silk like his first touch.
0: Do you reckon Macca loves a Maccas?
1: I mean, obviously. Just look at his cheeky face.
0: And Revs definitely takes down a McNuggets
1: share box on his bill. You want to watch what you say about our team's nutritionist?
0: Order McDelivery now from the McDonald's app